Dara sat on her perch in the sky and watched her children as the darkness took hold. So many of them had died. The ones that remained were like the few seeds that survived after a crop had been set aflame and burned to its embers. They were not what she'd call lucky, for they lived in a world where dark skies hung above them at all times. A world with constant storms and downpours that showered them the second they stepped outside. They slept on uneven earth, ate meager meals that grew from limp trees, lived in caves high above the ground because this was the only safe place to sleep. Nothing of color or ease ever entered into their days. Only a struggle existed that lasted from waking when the sun rose until they laid their heads down to rest at night. But they had stopped trying to kill each other and were mingling freely. Their offspring grew stronger with every generation. They endured. In their dark caves they painted their stories. They embraced each other around the fire, found joys in big things and small. Gara watched her children down on earth. She was proud of them, for even in the darkness they had found light. She whispered to them to be patient. It would all be over soon. This has been your early morning gospel of Gara, Lolithro 7, The Years of Darkness. May we tread lightly upon the earth today and every day henceforth. My wrists are aching, and so is my back, but it's nothing compared to the sharp pain coming from somewhere on the back of my head. The ground under my right side is hard, wooden. For a second, I don't realize that I've opened my eyes. It's so dark where I am. But then I see slits of light to my left and right, and one across and one above. It's a door. Someone has locked me in somewhere. I try to move my arm, but my wrists are tied together, which is why they ache. Good Gara, what happened? I tip to the side and hit a wall. A closet. I must be inside of a closet. Pressing my shoulders against the wall, I slide myself up and straighten my knees. At least my legs aren't bound. I turn to find the door handle with my tied wrists, but of course it's locked from the outside. The closet is small, and I sit back down to conserve my energy. My head is pounding, making it hard to think. My holster is gone. There's shards of glass in the back of the closet, and I prick my finger feeling along the floor. The glass is rounded, and I stop to think. It's a bulb. My brain spits out at me. Okay, good. But how did I end up in this closet with a broken bulb? I slump against the wall and feel like I'm about to pass out again. But then I hear something close by. A scratching sound. Familiar. I realize that I am in my own hotel room, in my own closet. The little growler is at my door. It must be time for breakfast. I want to call out to the little creature, but my mouth is filled with something, cloth, and the familiar smell of prudence wafts into my nostrils. They gagged me with my own neck square. My muffled groan fills the cramped space, and I feel lightheaded. I stay awake for another moment, then drift off, dozing. Half awake, half dreaming, I try to remember what happened. I had been at the bar. Kane had been very drunk. So drunk it was almost funny to see this large man, with his reputation and clout, acting like a young man the night after his first law exam. 
He was trying to impress me. As he laid his arm over my shoulders and dragged me towards the hotel he knew I was staying at. His steps were sloppy. His words wandered, rambled. He spoke of random thoughts and places, and at times as we made our way across the street and up the stairs to my room, I wasn't even sure he remembered I was with him. When we got inside my room, I went to find the bulb to brighten up the place, but Kane was on me the moment we stepped over the threshold tore my shirt up over my head, leaving me bare other than the black square. I reciprocated, kissing him in turn, even though it felt strange with his being so drunk and me being so sober and still wanting to talk about the case. But then, just at that moment, I decided to let it go. I was leaving the next day. Why not just take the sheriff's badge and go home? It would have been so much easier that way. Yes, I realize now, trying to loosen the sheet tied around my wrists. It really would have. Kane was strong. Stronger than I'd realized, and it scared me when he first threw me onto the bed, knocking the wind out of me. My backside scraped along the rough outside of the bug net. I was naked, vulnerable. He had ripped my pants off, I don't know when, while he was still fully clothed. He stood at the end of the bed, veiled by darkness, and I could hear him fumbling with his pants. For a moment, I thought he was too drunk to get them off, but then I heard something tear and realized he was as ruthless with himself as he had been with me. I held my breath as he came down towards me. Want surged through me, yes, but it was edged with fear. Cain was out of control, and in spite of how drunk he had seemed on our way over, he now seemed so focused on me that he appeared almost sober. His body dumped on top of mine, and I gasped again, but then I felt him against me, and my want for him pushed out the fear. Cain braced himself on top of me, and then leaned in to whisper into my ear. It's been years since I've felt this way. His speech was still very much slurred, and I almost laughed. Surely Ronan Cain did not have trouble finding bedfellows. But then I turned to him, and his face looked wounded, and my smile faded, and I kissed him gently, this giant man that flinched at first like he was afraid to be the one touched, not the one touching. I've taken to kicking against the door. The second time I wake, my head is clear, and I remember what happened, and I need to get the fuck out of here. I pound against the door of the foot with my feet, but for some reason the nosy neighbors have now decided to tour the city or fall into a communal coma, because no one hears me. Eventually, the tiny growler gives up on his meal ticket, and the scratching against the door stops. Then there's nothing but the occasional bird call through the window. At least the window is open, I realize. Someone might notice that I've not checked out and will come check on me. I have the room until three o'clock. Surely Jinli will appear on the dot to make sure I've cleared the room. Jinli, don't let me down, I think, as I send my heels up against the door once more. It shudders, but doesn't give. Why is this hotel built like a fortress or a jail? I sigh, exhausted and turn sideways to recline and avoid the glass of the bulb. The glass of the bulb? The sheet is wrapped so tightly around my wrists I've lost feeling in my hands, but it's worth a shot. I fumble for the large, rounded piece I came across earlier, pick it up, drop it. My fingers are so numb it's possible I've cut them wide open and am bleeding all over the closet. I can barely make out the shape of the shard in my palm. Eventually, 
I get it to stick in between my ring and middle finger and start to whittle away at the sheet above the opposite wrist. This is going to take forever. I look at the door. I need to get out of here before he comes back. The sound of glass scraping against cloth grows faster. Somehow, I got Kane to disrobe completely, which was a far harder task than I'd imagined. Every time I tried to pull at his shirt, he pulled away from me. I wanted to tell him that I'd already seen him naked, that time I followed him into the woods, but I couldn't quite weave my stalking him into the conversation. It's dark, relax. I pulled at his shirt again, and this time he let me slide it up over his head. Gara, I thought. What kind of hang-ups does this man have? I leaned over and found a sponge in the night table, and Kane stiffened for a moment as he heard the drawer open and close. Sponge, I told the dark figure next to me. I could feel him relax, and then him kissing my neck. You're a good, clean girl, aren't you? A good, clean girl. This made me laugh. Yeah, sure. In went the sponge. I turned to Kane and leaned into him, tried to get on top of this mountain of a man, but he flipped me over and straddled my thighs, not letting me move. Good, clean girl, not polluted like the rest. My breath hitched in my neck at the strangeness of what he was saying. But then he had already entered me, and I thought of nothing but him for a little while. His strength flowed through him and into me, but it didn't last long. Maybe he really hadn't been with anyone in years. When it was over, I removed the sponge and let it drop to the floor. Kane was beside me, snoring, his breath stale and stinking of beer. I turned to look at his face, but the room was lit only by the moonlight drifting in, that fuzzy white. His features were indistinguishable, other than that he had a nose and that his eyes were closed. I propped my head up, leaning my elbow into the mattress, trying to look at his expression. The sheet had slipped down to Kane's waist, and my eyes started to wander down. I stared. I couldn't stop staring. I don't know how much time had passed, but then I noticed that the snores had ceased, that he'd been silent for a while, and then Kane's voice ruptured the silence. Harper, what are you looking at? I tried to pretend like I hadn't seen, slid out from under the sheet. I need to go get rid of the sponge but then I tripped over my own pants at the foot of the bed. My knees hit the floor, and I cried out. Are you all right? There was genuine worry in his voice. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I crawled along the floor. If there was pain in my knees, I couldn't feel it. What are you doing? He asked again, as if I hadn't already answered. This time I didn't. Just crawled along the floor, trying to find the leck box. I did, then I found the bulb, slipped it quietly off the table in the dark. Seriously, Harper, you're being weird. He was no longer drunk, I realized. How long had he been looking at me while I had been staring down at him? The outlet of the bulb clicked into place. Harper? I started churning the crank. Harper, stop! His voice overlaid the cranking, the rustling of the sheets as I could hear him rouse himself from the bed. He came towards me, slow, steady. Harper! Words snarled at me then, with a heavy foot hitting the wood like snapping, just as the bulb flicked on, covering his chest in a warm, orange glow as he stood over me. There it was, 
Oh, shit. There it was. A door opens, but not the one I'm stuck behind. I'm not sure if I'm relieved by this or not. Then I hear footsteps right outside. Heavy stomps across the room. A large weight sinking into the mattress, followed by a deep sigh. I never meant for this, he says. I try to answer, but it's just muffled noise. He must remember gagging me. So this is a monologue, I think. But then again, maybe I can communicate with him somehow. I need to get out of here. I've discovered his secret, and I don't think he wants me sharing it. With my heavy boot, I tap once against the door. Hopefully, he understands that this means yes. I just don't know what to do now. I tap my foot again in response. I brought you down here because, honestly, I hoped you were one of us. The tap of my boot is more tentative, and I hope he doesn't notice. What does he mean? Me? A true believer of Gara? It's a good thing I'm gagged, because my angry laugh is silenced by the cloth. This is why you were assigned to me, Harper. I chose you. Anger creeps into my chest. The doubts I had about this assignment were real, and it makes me hate him even more. I just wanted to see if you had any of what your father had in him. I don't tap the door. This, I did not see coming. But Kane doesn't seem to notice. He's lost somewhere else. Your father was a visionary, Harper. I thought maybe he had instilled that in you, but I guess I was wrong. Without thinking, my boot has tapped twice against the door for no. Kane stops talking. The only way out of here is to make him think that I am, in fact, a true believer. Kane goes on then, slowly, as if he is carefully choosing his words. A confessional with me stuck in the dark of the closet. Your father was brilliant, Harper. Did he ever show you any of his work, his ideas? I tap against the wood once. Kane doesn't need to know that I snuck up on my father to listen to him talk. That a sharing was not exactly consensual. He did? One tap. I can hear Kane breathing on the bed, steady, like he's thinking hard about what to do next. Harper, it's so bright. Gara! Kane tried to smile and cover his chest with his large arms, but it was too late. The triangles dancing in the circle were clear on his broad chest, stretched out by muscle and age. How long? I meant to bellow, but it was more like a loud cough. Long. He said and smiled sadly. Ever since I went undercover and realized I had been misled for a very long time. Shit. I thought and stopped turning the lek box, steeping the room back into black. I felt for my holster, but I couldn't remember when Kane had ripped it from my waist. It's over in the corner. My neck snapped towards it, just as he took a step closer, and I could feel his breath against the back of my neck. You can't get to it in time, Harper. He lifted me by one of my arms, like I weighed little more than a straw doll. More gentle than when he had wanted to bed me, which was strange. I felt for something, anything along the floor. My fingers tightened around the bulb, and I tried to smash it against its head, but he noticed me twitch, ducked, and I missed, throwing the bulb off into the corner of the room instead. The tinkling sound of a thousand tiny shards. Kane grunted in anger and picked up the wave box from the table. I remember begging him not to kill me, as my ears rung loudly with the pain, 
my head feeling like it was going to explode. But I don't think he answered me. And then things went black. What did your father tell you, Harper? I didn't know how he thinks I can possibly answer him, my mouth filled with cloth. Did he tell you about the Constitute? My boot hits the door once. It's not like I can lie, even if I wanted to, so I will take this as far as I can. When I was undercover, they told me all these crazy things the Constitute had done. I stare at my feet, before realizing he wants me to answer with a knock against the door. I oblige him, and he goes on. The Constitute added to the Gospel, like they had the authority to do something like that. They hide so much from the people just so they can control them. I learned that when I was undercover, when I got to know your father. And when I got back to the Constitute, I went down to the records. There's several other believers that work on the inside, that know what's really going on. They gave me the key to the vault. He's silent for a while, and I lean my head against the wall of the closet, waiting. My hand is less numb due to the efforts of cutting away at the sheet around my wrists. I jolt when Kane speaks again. The borders aren't real. There are no beasts in the Forbidden Zone. I want to knock my foot against the door twice, because I've seen them, faced them. Gara, I killed one of them. Just take a look under the bed for the bloody knife. But Kane is on a roll now, and I don't want to stop the flow. The longer he talks the closer I get to work on freeing my hands. The top layer of the sheet falls away, and I am able to loosen the knot a little. Blood pours through my veins and into my hands. My fingers tingle and burn as they regain feeling. Tears drip onto the closet floor, but they're tears of relief. We used to have a lot more land, but we destroyed it. We destroyed so much of it, and that's why there are so few of us left. That's the gospel. But before the years of darkness, the world was so different that people living in this world would not be able to comprehend. I saw the machines, Harper. They had a few relics left in the basement of the Constitute. Boxes that could play moving pictures, and I saw them with my own two eyes. My own two eyes rolled in my head. I've heard all this before. It's like my father has moved into my hotel room and is recounting the classics of my childhood. But Cain sounds so awed that something in me tugs, as if awe that pure couldn't come from something completely forged. The machines could play all kinds of things, strange moving pictures that told stories. Some of them had birds in them. People could live inside these birds, and they would be carried to faraway places through the air. Oh, Gara, the flying people speech again. My doubts are wiped clean. Cain is just crazy. The burning in my fingers lessens, and I start cutting at the second layer of sheet. There's a few more to go, so I tap once to let Kane know I'm still listening to his nonsense. But then we got greedy and destroyed everything. People made too many people, and the world collapsed, and there were dark years, so many dark years, until we reinvented electricity. Reinvented electricity? Really? And everyone got their lek boxes, thank Gara. Did you know it used to just flow through tubes? Harper just flowed around and sat waiting for us to use. Anyway, after that the Constitute decided to make rules for us, so that we wouldn't use up the earth all over again. He pauses, then says quietly, But like your father, they didn't go far enough. The borders, the no poaching rule, the no breeding of wild animals, it's not enough to keep us safe. Someone had to do something. 
just has to make sure it doesn't happen again. The chatter of birds outside grows louder. It must be getting closer to noon. Three hours, and Jinli will appear in this room. Jinli, my savior. But if I can get these ties off before then, then poor Jinli won't have to save me. If I'm being honest, I'm not quite sure he's up to the task. Even your father didn't go far enough, though he had some very good ideas. I can hear Kane shift, the bug net moving sounds like leaves in the wind, and when he goes on I can tell that he's laid down on the bed. You see, your father wanted to sterilize women, sterilize them so that they could no longer plant the seeds that will destroy the earth. But let's be serious, most women, except you, of course, oh, Harper, except you, all they want to do is make more little ones, especially the ones I got rid of. A harsh chuckle rings out into the room. I thought maybe if I showed you the first one, you'd show me that you understood. But you don't, Harper. You don't understand, do you? I kick hard against the door, once, decisively. Come on, baby, make me a true believer and let me out. It's quiet for a long time. I wonder if Kane is buying my act, mulling over my future, or if he's fallen asleep. But then I hear him roll onto his side and his voice grows louder like he's turned to face the closet, leaned in to talk at the door. You know, even your name is a lie, Rose. A plant that died out a thousand years ago. He laughs quietly, but his voice is tinged with dread. That first night at the bar, when you said you didn't know there were entire cells of us, when you admitted how little you knew about your father, he sighs deeply. That's when I knew. You were not one of us. And I best make this thing go away quickly. I did it for you, so exactly this wouldn't happen. Personally, I blame Minu, and my tools. I shouldn't have used the same tools without washing. He pauses, his voice turns to a muttering. She just had to find traces from that whore a year ago. So I needed a second body, because the one we'd set out to find. He actually laughs. It's probably somewhere deep out in the ocean by now bone and salt by now, and we were never going to find it. The second body, Catalina's body, covered head to toe in bruises. Used to love that girl, Kane goes on, usually never asked any questions at all. But after I went to see her, after I gave you my little offering, she wondered out loud why my hands were stained red. Had to teach her a lesson then, and she did. Knew that I didn't want her being seen like that because it might come back to me. His voice softens out of nowhere. It's not like I wanted to hurt you. I really am sorry about that. And I really did want to be with you on that first night. I mean, you were basically throwing yourself at me, and I was flattered. Even though we couldn't be together forever like I'd hoped. He sighs, and I press my eyes shut, because I know what's coming. Wish I could shut my ears as well. But I had to take care of Catalina, and there just wasn't time. And let's face it, she was probably fertilized anyway. All of those swamp sluts are constantly getting fertilized. He sighs again, like he's the one that's hurt most, and his voice drops into what he must think is a very serious tone. But it's grating. Knowing you were Janice Rose's daughter, it made me want you so badly. Almost made me want to spread my seed. He laughs at this, and I feel sick. 
You're so lucky, Harper. You don't even know it. I can hear the sheets rustling, the bug net being pushed aside as he stands and starts pacing the room back and forth like an animal at the end of its rope. I never had a father. He left my mother, and when she was too inept to pay the tax, I was sent to a place. A place no one should ever have to go. People shouldn't have children, especially if they can't take care of them. The things they did to us there, especially to the boys. First, they just beat us when we were younger. But when I turned twelve, one of the priestesses that ran the orphanage, she... The footsteps slow, and I peer in between my knees to watch his shadow waver back and forth through the crack. It's probably why I have such a hard time to get attached, Harper. I've tried before, but usually, well, it usually ends like this. This time, he doesn't laugh at his own joke. He sounds hysterical, like he's about to scream or cry or both. His shadow stops moving, and I don't dare to exhale. What does he mean? It usually ends like this. Did he just let me know that he's going to kill me? That he's done it before? I think back through what I know about Ronan Kane. He's usually on high-profile cases. Cases that involve lots of murders. Then it hits me. The New York Lady Killer. The New Haven Hangman. The Boston Emballer. All his high-profile cases included murdered women. The last one was years ago. Three, if I'm recounting correctly. It can't be. That would be insane. My hands work the piece of glass feverishly against my binding. Another layer of the sheet falls down along my fingers. But how many more are there? Terrible thoughts crowd me, sit on top of my head and shoulders like heavy rocks. I feel like I'm suffocating. He's a serial killer. You're locked in the closet of a serial killer. You're his next victim. This is the end, Harper. Holy shit, this is the end. I heave forward as the scream pushes through me and dies in my gag. Thankfully, he can't see that I can't keep my shoulders from shaking. Harper? I must have been quiet for too long. A single tap against the door, surprisingly steady with my legs splayed out in front of me and shaking like they are. Where was I? His pacing continues, and I close my eyes so I don't have to see the movement of a shadow. Oh, yeah. Since I thought you were not on board, I added the cheating husband. Sex wives make it so easy, with their many customers just waiting to be framed. This time, he does chuckle to himself, back to his strange amusement at his own horrors, and I scream into my gag. I'm not going to make it. There's too many layers of sheet wrapped around my wrists, and my hand is growing tired. The wife was in on it, obviously. Hated his guts, go figure. I mean, he was cheating on her with both of them. That wasn't even her bracelet, by the way. It was just some random jewel Jack dropped off. Said people had lost stuff at the bar and he felt bad. Oh, Gara, Jack. I teased him about not dropping off the jewels at the law office, and then the next day he went and did it. He's tapping his finger on some surface in the room. The table, maybe, as if he is recounting the events in his head remembering the details he had to think of to make this case go away. He planted the jewel, had tied the murders together with fake evidence and a scorned wife. Now the fact that Willie thought it would be a good idea to put the mark of a true believer on the husband, that was something I hadn't intended. It's quite insulting, actually. 
The tapping stops, and he moves closer to the door. I can hear his breathing against the wood above me. His voice makes the door hum the tiniest bit, but it makes me curl in on myself, my knees tight against my chest. You see, Harper, we are the good guys. We are saving the world. Don't you agree? I stick out a leg and kick once against the door in agreement. I thought you would. And then he laughs at me. But then again, you're stuck in a closet, and I can't take any risks. Shit. Of course he didn't buy it. I know I wouldn't have. Suddenly I realize that I'm really not walking out of here. I'm never going to be sheriff of my own outpost. Never going to see Prudence again. Hot tears streak down my cheeks. I drop the glass from in between my fingers onto the closet floor. There's nothing I can do now. It's over. The door opens slowly, but I don't rush to stand up. Kane looks down at me with pity in his eyes. I really did like you, Harper. When I don't look up, he moves away from me towards the window to open it all the way. The closet must be rank. The air rushing in from the room smells fresh and sweet. When he turns us back, I pull myself up and level myself against the wall, standing, shaky, but standing. My steps are stumbling as I let myself bounce along the wall towards the door. Harper, come on, you know it's locked. But I try anyway. My desperate hands take hold of the door handle, but my wrists are safely encased by the bloody sheet that hangs in tatters to my knees. I scream into the gag as I am forced to look at him, hands tied behind my back. The door doesn't budge. We stare into each other's eyes as I realize there's no way out, and I see that same amusement in his face. He thinks this is funny. He thinks this is a game. I keep pulling at the door, staring him down as he stands in front of the window with a slight smile on his face. He's still smiling that stupid smile by the time he realizes that I've broken into a sprint. But by then, I'm already halfway across the room and picking up speed.